Hello, hello, hello. Thora Birch here, and you are listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast. This is episode number 298, where tonight we are going to be talking about the highly anticipated return of John Kramer in Saw X. Unfortunately, we are toddless tonight. He is feeling a little under the weather. Hope you feel better, Todder. But I am here with everyone's favorite person, Steve. Steve, how you doing, man? How's your week? Uh, it was good, yeah, except I got sick, but then stopped getting sick within the same week. So I was pretty happy about that. Other than that, good. It was a long weekend in Canada, so I was happy uh, to kind of just relax a little bit. I went to Montreal, see my family, and uh, pretty good time, you know, no complaints. And another long weekend because it's Canadian Thanksgiving uh, coming oh. up next weekend. So I get two long weekends in a row. So I'm pretty psyched about that as well. Do Canadians eat turkey on Thanksgiving too? Is that a yeah. thing? Yeah, it's like the basically the same okay. thing as uh, what, okay. what you guys do in the U.S. It's just we don't take it as seriously though. Like it's not a bit. <laughs> it's not a big deal to us. It's just basically an excuse to see your family. There's no gifts or big events, and people don't talk about it. Like leading up, it's like basically, oh, do you know Thanksgiving's next weekend? Oh yeah, we should probably do something. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a there's no plan for it, or it's it's just not as big of a deal as the U.S. I guess. How's your week? That was very good. Very good. I should mention before I get into my week, we have an interview this week, a very exciting interview as we were able to interview the cast of Hocus Pocus. They may not be able to say it, but we can, I think, on the podcast. We interviewed uh, the cast of Hocus Pocus, Omri Katz, who played Max Dennison, Vanessa Shaw, who played Allison, Jason Marsden, who played Binks the Cat, and... Thor Birch, who played Danny Dennison from Hocus Pocus, of course, your favorite movie. 30 years later, we talked all about the event. Unfortunately, we were limited, of course, due to the ongoing strike, but we were able to pull some fun stuff out of them for this interview. And I'm sure Steve had a hell of a time editing that one because we were kind of all over the place with that one, but we had a lot of fun. It was a great interview. You do not want to miss it definitely stick around it was a lot of fun and the first time I, we ever had four people on the episode uh, four guests on the episode at once too so that was a fun first for the show as well so don't miss it at the very end of the episode a very special interview with the cast of hocus pocus for our event coming up don't forget it october 20th and 21st in salem massachusetts Head to it's just a bunch of Halloween.com for all details, or just go to our socials and you'll find the link on there. As far as my week, first weekend in Salem, you know, first October weekend in Salem, it was insanity. Of course, uh, it just gets, it just seems to get crazier and crazier earlier and earlier every year. This year being no exception. I would say last week was really the first week where the sort of, it turned on and just everyone just started showing up. And then this week really did feel like a mid-October type weekend i dress i did my street performing as art of the clown everyone loved it for the most part but i did so in october i decided to bring out my severed body prop which many of you have probably seen by now um if you haven't you can head over to horrors in salem which is my cosplay page and you can see it on there most people absolutely loved it no one i will say no one came up to me and said a word about any complaints or anything like that but in the local salem forums there have been a few people that have expressed their disgust in the severed body prop saying it's too disturbing too graphic there are children on the street blah 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 i will uh my argument is it's october it's halloween time 
like Steve said uh, in a in a conversation offline, you see worse stuff in Spirit Halloween. You know, yeah, did I gory it up a little bit? Of course. But, you know, I mean, there were adults out there too. And I got to say, I would say just as many kids came up to me with excitement than adults did. And literally parents bringing their kids over. So, I mean, of course, you're always going to have a few people that are going to complain about it. But I'm not going anywhere, folks. You know, so the severed body will stay for October. You know, I'll keep it. I'll keep it a little more PG-13 during the rest of the, the year. But in October, that's our time to shine. That is the time we can finally bring out the gore, the macabre, all the horror. And it's normal. So, you know, I'm sorry if I uh, offended you or I hurt anyone's feelings. But, you know, I think 99% of the people thought it was fantastic and had a great time with it. So what can you do? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's, you're always going to get people like that, right? It's just the way things are. And it's not like you're running up to kids and trying to scare them. You're just standing there and people come take pictures with you. So it's, I don't know. People are just keyboard warriors and they always need to complain. I, I hate, it's like a dual sword, right? Being in local groups. Like I'm in local groups on my like Facebook, which I never use, but I only look at it for local groups. And you need it to get information about what's going on in your city but it's like the worst, just the worst place in the world. So it's, yeah, I totally get it. But I, I've seen the art costume person. It's amazing. And I'm sure people in Salem, you know, not like you said, 99% of them are loving it. And yeah, it's great. So if you get to Salem and check it out, definitely worth seeing. Yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll be out when I can. It's a, it's a busy month for us. Speaking of that, a very busy month. Actually, as of this recording on this day, the very next day, there is going to be a signing at Silver Moon Comics with Ari Lehman, who, of course, played the first Jason Voorhees in the original Friday the 13th, the one that jumps out of the little boy that jumps out of the lake. He is going to be signing at Silver Moon Comics tomorrow, Saturday, October 7th, from 12 to 4 p.m., I think I'm going to show up. I have a wedding that day, but I'm going to try attempt to show up for a little bit. Hopefully I'll have some stickers and stuff to give out. We put in a big order today for our Hocus Pocus event though. So we'll definitely have some more magnets and whatnot to give out soon, especially for that event. Later that night, he will be performing at BitBar with his band First Jason. You can get tickets over on his social. And then on the next day on Sunday, October 8th, he will be um, doing a Q&A at Cinema Salem right before they screen the original Friday the 13th. So very, very cool there. And then, of course, later in the month, Douglas Tate, our good friend, who you will hear in just a couple weeks on the podcast. We were interviewed him. Great, great interview there. He most notably, of course, played Jason at the end of Freddy versus Jason, the uh, Jason that pulls the severed Freddy head out of the water at the end of the movie in a great scene. Uh, he also did stunt work in Halloween Kills, among many other horror projects. But he will be signing Saturday, October 28th from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., also at Silver Moon Comics. And then... He will also be doing a in-costume photo op as Jason. He will even have the Freddy head with him that he used from the actual movie molds. He'll be doing that from 3 to 6 p.m. Tickets are now on sale for that. It is only $50 for that photo op. Silvermoon Comics is setting up a really awesome background drop for that as well. You can head to Silvermoon Comics website for tickets for that. They may pre-sell out, so definitely don't wait if you want to get that in full costume Jason photo op. And then later that night, they will be screening Freddy vs. Jason over at Cinema Salem at 7.30 p.m. And Douglas will be in attendance for a Q&A. So we are very proud to be sponsoring both of those events. We 
plan on being at some capacity at both of those events, but busy, busy month. Um, so definitely attend those. And then of course our hocus pokes event, which I already talked about. So a busy month for us, uh, here at the horror squad podcast. And we hope that you can make it out to at least one of them. And then the big one, let us, let them know about not only are okay. they, you know, uh, guests on our podcast this week, which is really cool, but it's coming. It's coming really quickly too. It is. I can't, I cannot believe it. We are only just a couple of short weeks away now that the cast of Hocus Pocus is going to be here in Salem, Massachusetts for an event they're titling. It's just a bunch of Halloween. Thor Birch, of course, Army Cat, Jason Mars, and Vanessa Shaw. You're going to hear them all on the podcast here at the end of the episode. Uh, Friday, October 20th, there will be an exclusive ticketed party at BitBar from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. That is once again on Friday, October 20th. That You get a lot with that ticket. All four of them will be doing a pro photo op with you, done by our good friends at Witch Picks. You will also be getting food, non-alcoholic drinks. You, of course, will be able to buy alcoholic drinks at the bar, but you get free food and non-alcoholic drinks. You'll also be getting game tokens because it is a arcade bar. Tons of pinball machines and fun games to play. And there'll be entertainment as well at the show for you. DJ, burlesque, drag performances. It's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be amazing. You definitely don't want to miss it. And Sam is also making a kick-ass swag bag for the event that you can take home with you with some really awesome stuff in it from our friends at Fright Rags, Oriental Trading Company, and a bunch of other local Salem businesses as well. And then, of course, on Saturday, October 21st, from 12 to 7 p.m., they will be signing autographs and taking photos with you at Salem Common. They're doing group photo ops. They're doing group autos. You can also, you know, if it's not in the budget to do that, you can also do solo autographs with just Thora or just Vanessa or just Omri or just Jason. So, you know, they're going to fit all your sort of budgets for that. So definitely come down and have a good time with us. We're going to have a merch table set up as well on the common that weekend, which I think Steve is planning on manning that one. So he'll be saying hi to you guys there. I'll be running around, but I will definitely make my appearances at the merch table as well. We're going to have a bunch of magnets, stickers, and other merch for you guys uh, for free. So come and grab all that fun stuff as well and meet the cast. Once again, you can head to it's just a bunch of Halloween.com for all details or just head to our socials and we have the links on there as well you do not want to miss this it's honestly probably a once in a lifetime thing to meet the cast in salem obviously we would love to do it next year and beyond but you just never know there's uncertainty you never know maybe they're scheduling conflicts and whatnot so this year it's definitely happening so try to come out to it if you can we would appreciate it and we love your support and to meet the cast in salem in october Hoax Pokes was just on last night. I was watching it and I was like, wow, these people were doing an event with these people in a couple of weeks. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty wild. And yeah, and, don't, and if you want to hear more about the event, we talk about it quite a bit in the interview at the end of the show. So you definitely, definitely, definitely want to stick around for that. Excellent. All right, Steve, what you've been watching this week? Let's hear it. All right. So uh, I don't have too much to talk about because some of the stuff I watched, I just realized uh, are under embargo for a few more weeks. But the ones I can talk about, is, the first one is one I watched over on Shudder. It's a 2023 film, and it's called The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. 
So this is a brand new Shutter release, and I always like to see kind of diverse cast making horror, and just it just helps. It makes it more interesting, and I was really interested in seeing it when I saw it on the list last month. So this one is about a girl who lives in a kind of poor community that seems to be run by the Blood Gang. Uh, that's the people with the red bandanas, and you know things are not going well. Her brother is unfortunately killed and uh, her dad is trying to kind of support the family. He's got two jobs. He's really tired. He's also a dry addict, which doesn't help uh, the case. He's actually played by uh, Chad L. Coleman, who most people would know as Tyrese in um, The Walking Dead. So uh, she decides to use her kind of science skills to build a monster. And from there, I guess, fix up the town and try to help it from kind of the violence that the town has exhibited and i'll leave it at there for now all i'll say is that where it goes is not where i thought it would go i kind of had an expectation of where the story would take us based off what happens at the beginning of the film but it goes in a completely other direction i did like this film uh, quite a bit i really like the setting of that poor community it just gave a real like raw feel to it and a realness to it that some um, kind of movies are missing out on it's definitely a take on the classic frankenstein monster story you know so it's nothing kind of that we haven't seen before but I think they do enough with it to make it distinguish itself from uh, other like people who have made this story, who have adapted it before. My real complaint is that I don't like the direction that they went in in the second half. If they had stuck to kind of what the original story seemed to be leading up towards, naturally, I thought that would have been a way better story. But still, I think it's worth checking out at the very least. The monster is actually pretty cool. There's some pretty freaky scenes. The acting is actually really, really good. And yeah, you could check it out on Shudder. It's called The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. And it's a great movie to add to your 2023 list because we're getting really close to that episode. You know, I'm at, this is this was 76, I think, for me. I watched 77 today. I'm getting close to my 100, year, uh, 100 <laughs> per year quota. And yeah. That's crazy. I've seen a lot of people putting that one on their top of the year list. So yeah, that might be It won't make my out. top. But it's good. Like people should at least check it out, and it could be a contender for others. All right. My other two, I'll just put them, lump them in the same uh, kind of review. Is of course we're reviewing Saw X, so I wanted to kind of start a Saw marathon. I didn't get very far because I got sick and a lot of stuff came up, but I did manage to check out the original Saw and Saw Two, which I thought were the two most important because they are kind of sandwiched with this movie is kind of the you know the white stuff in the middle of the oreo of uh, these films so saw i hadn't watched in a few years i wouldn't say a, a super long time obviously super classic uh, i'm not going to talk about the story everyone knows what the story is and i will say of course i enjoyed it tremendously i think it's an amazing film but i feel like it's starting to lose its impact a little bit its age is starting to show a little bit the traps are are cool but they don't show them all that much there's kind of a slow period about three quarters into it where not much is going on between uh dr gordon and um i forget what the other guy's name already i just watched it you know the the lee adam. Wanell, adam thank you lee Wanell's character adam but it's still a really cool film and definitely started a franchise that obviously still has legs to this day uh, introduced us to one of the best horror killers of all time 
in Jigsaw, John Kramer. So I gave it four and a half stars out of five, which is actually lower than I had it before. I had a five out of five, but I'm starting to see some cracks in the uh, in the foundation on this one. There are just a few issues that I wish they had kind of smoothed over, but you know, it's a one of the first efforts for James Wan, so it's understandable that there's going to be a couple of issues. And then uh, leads into Saw 2, which I think is one of the better sequels they've done. It's got more of an escape room feel than like traps like they do in a lot of the other film. Like the movie starts with a trap, which I really like that trap too. And then the traps they do later are not all that great, which is kind of unfortunate, except it does have the super memorable needle trap for people who know what that is. But still, a solid sequel. I had a ton of fun with it. It's cool because I watched it right after watching Saw X. So seeing kind of Amanda's progression in particular was interesting with that one. So I recommend people check it out after they watch Saw X. I gave it four out of five. So a little bit lower than the original Saw, but definitely high on the list of sequels. And uh, yeah, that's about all I watched this week. So we can go right into Saw X. Yes, I... Sorry, everyone. I don't have anything. I had two. I watched two horror movies last week, though. Both embargoed. So yeah. I'll be talking about. Them. I'll be talking about them within the next couple of weeks. I'll be talking about the Bell Keeper within the next few weeks, which starred our good friend Randy Couture, MMA oh, fighter. Right. So that one was interesting. And then um, we actually going to have an interview in a couple of weeks with uh, the director of Malibu Horror Story as well, which we'll be talking. Me and Steve will both watch and we'll be reviewing. Steve, maybe if you want to jump on the Bell Keeper as well we can we can we can we can tandem that one as well we can do that (laughs) all right but all right let's get into it saw x finally the return of the saw franchise to theaters i mean we did just have spiral but this is the return of john kramer steve want to give us a little synopsis yeah sure so this one takes place a little bit after the original saw not quite sure exactly how long after the original saw it is but it's got to be couple months i think if so yeah john kramer of course he's dying of cancer and he's running out of hope Uh, he goes to you know support groups and everything and he's just trying to find a way out but the way out doesn't seem to be uh like in the books for him you know his doctors are basically telling him he's got maybe a couple months to live uh, but they're not sure about that so he's bummed out but he's continuing to work on his traps and everything when all of a sudden Uh, He sees someone from his support group walk by him at a cafe and he looks healthy and he looks great. And he flags him down at the cafe and he's like, oh my God, you you look amazing. Like what's going on? He's like, well, I I had this basically miracle doctor uh, cure me and I'm in full remission. And he's like, oh my God, could, could you tell me like about this number? He's like, sure. I'll, you know, I'll tell you how to get contact them. And it turns out it's some, some like doctor who apparently figured out the formula that can stop the cancer from spreading and can attack the cells and shut them off. So he goes through the process of, you know, contacting these people. They bring him over to Mexico and they're super nice to him. They're really helpful and they bring him into surgery. They give him some drugs and they tell him, look, you're cured. They show him his uh, blood work and he feels super great about it. He's happy. And then all of a sudden, he starts, uh, as he goes to like thank the crew that had helped him, he realizes, wait a minute, something's a little off here because they escaped the hospital. Like there's nothing left. They they left the facility and he starts piecing together that the whole thing was a scam. 
and they just wanted $250,000 out of him, which leads him into a revenge film after the people who wronged him. So that's basically the plot of the story. I'm curious because I, I didn't see, usually sometimes you post before on Letterboxd, so I know kind of where you're going. I don't read the review, but I look at your score, but I have no idea this time. So I'm super curious. What did you think of Saw X? Yeah, man. You know, I am a fan, obviously, of the Saw franchise, uh, especially the first three. After that, I definitely think they started taking a, you know, a turn in the wrong direction. And then, you know, Spiral was interesting. It was its own thing. I mean, we re-reviewed it. Um, I didn't think it was a terrible movie, but, you know, it didn't really feel like a Saw movie. This, to me, felt like a Saw movie, like, you know, through and through. And this honestly solidified that John Kramer is Saw. Like, without him, this franchise just doesn't work and feel the same way. So it really did feel like a return to form to the franchise. I think this is Tobin Bell's best performance as Jigsaw, like, without a doubt. Like, I really loved the opening of this movie. Like, the first, you know, 30, 40 minutes, whatever we get, of just him, you know, coping with his cancer. And, I mean, you really got into sort of the, you know, the personal side of John, which we don't get we didn't really get in any of the other Saw movies, maybe in like small little flashbacks or something, but you get a full-on great performance here from Tobin Bell. And, you know, I th- overall, I-, I really, really liked it. I have definitely have some issues with it. And my problem is, I think once we get to the Saw part of the movie, that's where I think it definitely could have improved a bit. I wanted more or traps honestly like i just don't think we got enough traps or kills in the movie so that was a little disappointing um i also didn't love the one setting of the warehouse like once we got there it was just all in one room you know i would have liked like it's in saw two like when they're going they're in one location but they're going from room to room it's really keeping things interesting this i felt to be a little more dull than anything but i mean i still think it's a great movie most likely going to make my top 10 and probably one of the best Saw movies in the entire franchise, like easily top four, maybe top three. Yeah, so I think on some level, I'm on the same note as you. I think the first 40 minutes are incredible. Like the personal story that they tell with John is so good and you feel kind of really bad for him. You know, he he really wants to live. Like he, uh, you know, he's suffering. Cancer is like no joke. And you see, you also see like his psyche, like how he thinks about things. In fact, there's a scene early on, which is ironically, I think the best trap in the scene where you see his process of how he picks people. He's just at the hospital and he goes for a drink of water and he happens to see an orderly stealing from somebody who's in a, like in a coma, essentially. And it goes to that orderly being in a saw trap. And it's a fucking gruesome saw trap where he's going to get his eyeballs sucked out if he doesn't, you know, do something. But it turns out that he just basically tells him not to do it. You know, just gives him like a stern look and the guy puts the watch back and he's fine. You know, he doesn't do the saw. So he's not like a ferocious killer. He actually picks his victims in a way that he feels is right, you know? So I liked seeing all that from John. And my God, seeing his process in Mexico, the hope in his eyes and the fear at the same time. And when he's cured, oh my God, just to see him like be happy and he's helping out kids like with his bike and it's just like this whole thing. Then we get to the saw part 
the revenge part when the whole thing is you know kind of revealed to be a hoax and that's where the movie lost me a little bit to be honest i thought the traps were not the best like they were kind of the same trap over and over it's remove this amount of flesh in three minutes or you die and that's really his only game for the first few traps so i was like okay it's cool the first time but you know by the time you hit the third time you're like okay i've I've kind of seen this like sure it's gruesome a little bit but at this point i've seen nine saws you know i've seen way better traps so it just felt disappointing and this was so personal to john i thought he would essentially have his best work in this movie and he doesn't and that was kind of disappointing i another problem i had is we're so used to john being in the background of these traps that it gives this ominous feel but this time he's like just straight up just watching them through glass and it felt weird to see john like just watching the the process i actually prefer him being in the background but i get i guess they wanted him they wanted them to see him because he he wronged them but it just felt weird it didn't feel right and i have other issues but that's basically where i'm at is i love the first half not so much the second half yeah sounds like we're pretty close to the same page here yeah i mean i i also felt amanda to be quite off in this one compared to like other movies and like i know like this is like sort of a prequel so i guess she's not in like full sort of amanda form yet but i don't know her performance really seemed off to me in this one and it really it just did not feel like the same sort of character i mean I mean, it was, it's an interesting thing too. Cause right. Like you're doing this, like in a prequel, obviously you're trying to get these two characters back, but you know that they're never going to be in danger. Cause you know what ends up being the fate of them in another movie. So yeah, it was like kind of like a weird thing throughout, but yeah, I mean, what, I guess my main point is like, what did you think of Amanda's performance? Cause to me, she just, she just wasn't doing it for me in this one. I a hundred percent agree. It felt awkward. Uh, to have Amanda there. Now, I get it story-wise, especially having watched one and two. They specifically show in two that he's basically grooming her to be the next Jigsaw, right? So it makes sense that he invited her to Mexico to kind of help with this process. But it just, her character didn't add all that much to the story. And it kind of took away from John's personal story in a way. I almost wish that he had just hired like cartel people in Mexico to help him out to get the people there and then just be a John story, you know? So I was also disappointed with Amanda. I don't know what it is. Like, it just felt so off. I don't know if it's like, I know Todd, he's not here, unfortunately, but uh, had an issue with her wig because it was clearly like unnatural hair. Now I get that's what the hair she kind of had in two, but it felt a little off. And, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't like that performance either. And I kind of wish she wasn't there, you know, for this particular film, or at least not there as much as, she is because she just kind of just hangs around too right she doesn't contribute all that much which is kind of disappointing so i agree with you on this one and what about the other i didn't really hear you talk about this you know one of my biggest critiques is there wasn't enough traps like what do we get like four traps in the entire movie like it just i don't know like i yeah i just don't uh... i just don't I don't, we got, so we got the eyeball sucking. Which wasn't got, even real. <laughs> so, right. And then, then we got vision. the girl breaking her, uh, trying to break her ankles and hands to get yeah. out of the heat. We get the one sawing her leg off to get the bone marrow. Right. And, and we then get we the get the guy with the, like, cutting his skin his off, neck. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we got two and guys that... cutting his skin off, right? One with the uh, pipe okay. bombs on his arms. 
and the other one yes. with uh, like that thing on his neck, right? Yes, yes, yes. But, so we we get like five. Yeah, and then uh, I don't count the last one. And then uh, yeah, because that that's kind of and that's a big complaint I'm kind of <laughs> about the end. All right, um, the bloodboarding. All right, <laughs> but, but it was just it was just so no, not the bloodboarding. The like oh the final, oh. final trap. Okay, which, okay, we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so it's not that there weren't a lot of them; it's that they were so similar to each other that it just yeah. didn't feel special. You know, we in Jigsaw, which is Saw Eight, I believe. <laughs> You know, they're all in the same place. It's kind of the same thing. They go room to room. Yeah. Those traps were fucking cool. Like, I really mm-hmm. like Jigsaw. It's one of my fa- It might be my favorite sequel, actually, now that mm-hmm. I think about it. And I'd have to rewatch it to confirm. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely a, a high one. That's for sure. And because the traps were room to room, but they were unique. You know, they were really cool the way they set them up. Whereas this one is just like, okay, cut off a piece of your skin. And I'll, too many of them live or at least come too yeah. close to living, you know? Like none of them just rage quit or I don't know. It's just, it could have been better. I thought. Sure. Sure. Yeah. How does Jigsaw, is that like they end up in the bathroom, right? At the end, like back in the original bathroom in no, in Jigsaw part. No, it happened in the past. Like cops are watching it on video trying to find where they are, but it was happened months months ago. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 We reviewed that. I think did we We, we we did. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. What else you got for me? Let's hear some more critiques or stuff. Okay. I want to talk about the villains. So yeah, I wasn't really all that into the villains, especially the main nurse. There's just something about her performance that just wasn't grabbing me. She was like almost too evil. It just, it, it felt weird. I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. And then I wonder like how like the taxi kid, was he, was he that far into it? You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I, I wish they had been worse to him. Like, I, Gabriella, I felt so bad for her, you know? It's just, she was kind of a victim of, she needed money, and I don't know. It's just, I wasn't really into the villains, into this one. I thought they should have been maybe better established or show more of them having done bad stuff. You know, like, show them actually cheating as opposed to just him monologuing, which is another thing. He monologues so much in this damn movie. Like, I'm surprised he didn't bring out a PowerPoint presentation to, like, talk about the traps and his process and why he's doing things. So, yeah, that's two issues with me as well. Did I do we know who wrote this? Was it Lee Wanell involved in this at all in this return? I mean, I think it was the right choice, though. Like, you know, I mean, I know we're being a little negative on it, but I I still really did enjoy watching this movie. I mean, of course, you're going to have critiques and stuff when watching. But, you know, I, I, I think bringing john back like it was just the absolute right move you know and it was like it just yeah like it really did feel like a saw movie again like you know they tried they did their thing with chris rock and samuel jackson there and it was interesting it was like it was a a different sort of effort but just hearing tobin bell's voice again you know like you know his ominous voice and seeing billy the puppet again coming in on the trike and stuff it was just it was so so cool and I, I just, I, I just absolutely love that aspect of it. I just, I like after watching this, I just don't see like where you go from here, where you're gonna have like a good Saw movie without John Kramer in it. Yeah, the, I, I agree a hundred percent. He is Tobin Bell, so fucking good as John Kramer. It, it's, it's just his voice, his mannerisms, how like meticulous he is, and how planned he is, and I just absolutely love that character, and I love that we got to see kind of a story where we really get to dive deeper into 
the person that he is. And yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest highlights of this movie for sure. And you're right. It felt more like a Saw movie, but at the same time, it also didn't feel like a Saw movie because the traps were kind of so basic, you know, maybe that would have worked had this been a sequel to, to one, you know, if like, can't like in, in time wise, but having seen nine of these, like I, I guess I got spoiled to having better traps by this point. Right. I I think that could be the issue. Do you think they made it more simple because this is supposed to be early John, right? He's still trying to like perfect his traps. Like, cause this is what after in between one and two, is yeah, that what this it's timeline in between is? One and two. Yeah. Okay. So like, he's still sort of learning, I guess he hasn't sort of come up like at one point in the movie, which is great. You see him sketching the reverse bear trap, you know, which was really cool to see. Which is weird because uh, he's done it. Right? Did he do it in one? Was yeah, it one? Yeah, it's in one. That's Amanda's trick. Okay. Okay. So he's correct. Well, okay. Maybe that. Well, is that? He, okay. he might be doing the uh, the trap from two. Maybe he's doing. Which is, it's like nails in a mask. The, and the guy fly, has to cut. Yeah. Yeah. Venus flytrap. Like trap. actual flytrap. Yeah. The actual flytrap scene. Yeah. Quite possibly. So you see, yeah, you see him sketch and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I guess maybe that's why they kept it more simple in this one. Like there's, you know, they're giving the audience maybe more credit than it is and being like you know hey this is a prequel in between one and two he's still sort of trying to figure things out learning his traps and stuff but he i mean let's be honest his most fucking elaborate trap was in the first movie like that fucking bathroom <laughs> trap was the craziest thing ever like right like he never yeah. I, I feel like nothing ever even came in comparison to how elaborate that that trap was well, that really two, was his two and three is pretty two was pretty, pretty, pretty good elaborate. too yeah three, two, yeah like, he does pretty big traps. Like there are multiple room traps where people are, have to right. basically escape room their way out. So yeah. And the, the, the one thing I would excuse the traps being kind of more basic is that he didn't have access to his stuff. Right. He's, True, he's a guy a with country. one suit, you know, one suitcase in Mexico. Right. And he's only got limited time because presumably those people will fly out of that country like ASAP. Right. Except maybe yeah. the taxi driver, but so maybe he just did what he could with what was available in that warehouse. So that mm-hmm. I would excuse more, right? It just, yeah. if you're going to have Jigsaw do a revenge film, you'd expect him to really give it his best. That's where I guess I felt disappointed. Yeah, no, yeah. It's it's it's, it's a very good point because you think he would go even more brutal to these people because the amount of hate he has for them. And like you said, yeah, I mean, I mean, who got the most brutal fate? I mean... I guess the girl who got her leg, who had to chop off her own leg and then her head cut off. I mean, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. They're all kind of brutal. You know, if you think about it, Yeah, cutting, cutting off your skull and then having to take out a piece of your brain. It's pretty fucking, that actually might be the worst one. I'm thinking about that one's pretty gnarly too. My favorite though, is the one that didn't even, wasn't even real. The eyeball sucking. That was the coolest one. Yeah. That one was awesome. I debated whether it was real or not. Cause I mean, hear me out here. Like, how do we not know that we're seeing a flash forward that he did decide he knew he was going to steal the wallet, right? And that he did decide he's like, you know, this isn't a good person. I want to teach him a lesson. So maybe we, maybe it was real. I don't think. I think he even says like wise choice, you know, when he's okay. walking away. And then he goes to Mexico. So I don't think he really had time to think about that dude. You know, it's just, I All think right. he goes after bigger fish, to be honest. But it shows sure. like his process of, okay, he's watching the crime. This is what he's doing. Here's the trap that would correspond to that crime, right? Because that's what he does in his his traps is make traps that correspond to the crime. So, 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into, I guess, a little head a little bit into the ending. We get the our plan. first, well, the plan, but we get our first twist in the movie. And that is, who is this guy that comes in? I kind of already forget. Yeah, what so uh, the guy was. comes in. So when John gets to the hospital to get his surgery, this guy That's is right. like the, the patient that they had just finished working on. Yes. Uh, he got like a, something removed out of his neck. Uh, he even shows the scar and everything. And it turns out that that was also part of the grift, is that to make him feel kind of at ease, seeing someone else that had done it. So yeah, so he ended up actually being the boyfriend i guess or husband of the main doctor and that's why he's there because she called him because at one point amanda leaves her phone in the room like away Mm -hmm. from where they have access to but she takes intestines out of one of the victims and that was cool rumps like ropes it and then she calls that guy which yeah let's talk let's talk about the plan because it's a little (laughs) far-fetched that he knew exactly yeah. how it would go down or most mostly how it would go down right so first of all i want to just get into the the intestine thing because i kind of forgot about that it kind of came off it was funny like to me more than anything it came off a little too goofy but it was still you know i enjoyed it so i did not see it coming with this guy sort of being in on it but i also wasn't like overwhelmed by it like re- like being like oh wow i was like oh, okay like okay he's part of it and like i feel like we've seen enough saw movies now to like this sort of always sort of happens so i probably should have start coming i didn't i didn't like love it or like go crazy about it but it was i mean it was fine yeah i i, I kind of saw it coming i mean i figured anyone who was involved that was there was probably bad except i did i will admit i did not think gabriella was part of it I, mm-hmm. I thought she was like an innocent bystander in, you know, yeah. she's just like the Mexican local who's helping out th- thinking what is a legit operation. And I thought maybe Jigsaw would find out like midway through like a trap or something, you know, like, wait, this is something's not right here. But no, that ended up not being the case, unfortunately. How did, how did you feel about Amanda being like overly protective, like of her in this one? Like, obviously she's a drug addict. This girl's a drug addict. But I, once again, it just seemed like out of character for Amanda. Cause I mean, yeah. she's like pretty fucking evil. Like, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, spoiler for Saw 3. The whole point where we're leading up to Amanda is that she's too ruthless to be Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. She like starts doing traps where people have no chance of escaping. So, um, yeah, it 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 was out of character for what we know where Amanda is going. So she should have been more ruthless, and that should have worried Jigsaw. Like, wait a minute, that's where he should start getting suspicious of her. Is that she's enjoying this a little bit too much, and she should have sympathy for this person, but she doesn't. But that's kind of the yeah. whole Amanda problem, right? I mean, it makes it makes sense, right, that an addict would want to help like another addict because there's sympathy for him, but it just doesn't fit in with that particular character and it doesn't like we i think we wouldn't like there had to be some sort of better character development there for amanda i think like i don't know like maybe we need to see like a different like a, a sequel before this or something where you know a man like where amanda is not as ruthless or something it just yeah it just didn't fit with me once again and that's like why i just think i don't even think amanda was necessary in this movie i mean i think it's definitely like a fan service to bring her back i mean it was cool to see her back but i mean would like would you want to see, I guess, like a standalone Amanda movie? Because I don't think we're ever going to see Tobin Bell again. The man is like in his 80s now, I think. He's, you know, he's getting up there. Maybe one more. I could see yeah. them doing you one, think more. one more. You think one more in him? Tobin, yeah, I mean, he's, he 
he's pretty good for his age, yeah. like 82, I think. But I think he could do one final saw. I know they're thinking of three, like doing three of them. But wow, a trilogy, uh, huh? Another yeah, trilogy. Yeah, of course. What's with trilogies these days? It's it's all it's always been a thing. Like that <laughs> people love their trilogies, so but I guess time's not on their side, so we'll see what happens with that. I guess they're checking yeah. to see how the movie does in theaters. It's crazy to think we have ten of these movies now, and they're 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 are they surpassed Nightmare on Elm Street now, and they're creeping up on Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, yeah. it's becoming one of the most prolific horror series of all time. It's really crazy. All right, so I guess let's get into the the big plan, Steve. Re- reveal it. Uh, I want to hear your. You seem to have hated it, so I want to hear your big complaint. It's not that I hated it. It's that it was too convenient. There's too many things that need to be exactly right for it to like go well. And they even like adds an element that he didn't foresee happening. Right. With, with the kid, he didn't think the kid would be involved in this whole thing. So they tried to make it look like some things went wrong, but it still went too right for my, for my taste. Like he, I don't know. It just, it just felt like a weird way to maybe try to get a twist out of it. I think is what they were trying to get for, which I thought was a kind of a poor twist because I saw it coming a mile away for the reason that you said, we know what happens to John and Amanda in the next film. So, you know, that's a problem with prequels. We know their fate. So we know that if you're, you know, waterboarding them or bloodboarding them in this case, you, you know, they're going to live and be fine. You know? Uh, So, yeah. So the whole plan basically is that he knows that the main doctor is going to eventually take over and make John do a bloodboarding trap where there's two people that are being bloodboarded at the same time. But he thought it would be him and Amanda. And then they would eventually survive that and lead into a final twist. But it turns out that there's this little boy that he kind of grew fond of that uh, was just like a neighborhood kid who happened to go at whatever, 9 p.m. and play soccer against the wall of the facility. So when she saw that, she brought the boy in and made him do the trap with Jigsaw instead. So what did you think of that whole bloodboarding scene? I mean, I thought the bloodboarding was cool. Like, I I liked it. I thought it was like a cool idea. I mean, the once again though, you know, there's no like John is gonna survive, right? Like, there's no there's no real stakes there. But I did feel like the claustrophobia. Like, I could feel it, you know, when watching that. I was like, oh man, that's fucking brutal. So I did like the bloodboarding scene. You know, the whole like childhood, the child character and stuff. Like, I was like, oh, whatever. Like to that, like, oh yeah, he's like has this moral compass because he's saving John, but and stuff like that. It's like okay, I guess. But I did like the bloodboarding scene as far as like the big sort of reveal. Yeah, I felt it was a little underwhelming. Like, for I just feel like. Like you said, it was a bit too convenient that all of it sort of fell into place the way it was. And yeah, I mean, once again, I think it's the villains were sort of underwhelming here. Like, I mean, you know, they're terrible fucking people, obviously. And like you said, it should have been John's greatest revenge. And I just feel like the stakes weren't weren't high enough um, for them. Yeah, and that that's one of my biggest complaints of this whole thing is that the ultimate villain of the story which is the woman who like kind of orchestrated the whole thing gets really the easiest trap (laughs) at the end like he baits her into a trap which is the ultimate kind of twist which is basically just you have to kill your husband within a certain amount of time and stick your head out of a hole to be able to breathe and you'll be fine like that's that's nothing she's a ruthless killer of course she's gonna fucking kill her husband and then be fine and then she's fine we don't see her get killed so I'm like, what the fuck? Like that that should be the one person 
that should have had the most ruthless trap, you know? I don't know. It's just, it was so underwhelming to me, the way that they ended this movie. And that, that kind of disappointed me quite a bit. Yeah, agreed. It was, it, it was, you know, a little definitely on the underwhelming side. But, I mean, I look back to the whole movie as a whole, and I still think it is a really solid movie. Like, when you look at it, like, those for honestly, those first 40 minutes are just so fucking good that I can overlook a lot of the sort of negatives that come after that once we actually get into sort of the sought trap parts of the movie. Because, I, I mean, I'm just going to say right now, and I, I don't think there'll be a better performance this year than Tobin Bell for me for, I think he's got it in the bag right now from favorite male performance of the year for me. Uh, when we do our horror awards at the end of the year, he was just so good in this and he really does make the movie without him. I think this is a very mediocre or bad saw movie. I a hundred percent agree. Uh, he brings up the score significantly than more than it, it should have been, you know, without him, this, this whole thing doesn't work. I do want to ask you one final question, though. Uh, did you stay for the after credit scene? I did. I did. I actually did because I, I we were getting ready to leave, and I was like, let me just Google and see if there's an after credit. So scene. I'm going to give you a, a piece of advice. <laughs> there's an app called Run P that okay. all you you put in the movie, and the first thing it'll tell you is there an after credit scene? Yes, and you click on details, and it'll tell you exactly. It won't tell you what it is. It won't spoil okay. it for you, but it'll tell you yes, it's 45 seconds after the. Uh, the beginning of the credits and then there's eight credit eight minutes of credits after but nothing after that so it tells you exactly gotcha. what it is it also tells you the best times to pee if you have to go pee in the movie so <laughs> that's it's like, amazing yeah it's a great app so definitely What's that app? run pee run pee okay like <laughs> yeah. r-u-n-p-e-e like that yeah, that's right yeah okay wow all right great i'm definitely app. downloading so, that <laughs> yeah. and so, so instead of googling and maybe like spoiling it for yourself because you're yeah. trying to find out that's the best way to because there's so many movies that do it now, right? It's like right. it's almost like 85% of the movies I go see have an right. after credit. Yeah, it's well, definitely well, become a thing. So for, first, I'll ask you, what did you think the after credit would be? And second, what did you think of the actual after credit? So I assumed there was going to be an after credit scene, but I honestly, I had no idea what it was going to I never know what the after credit scenes are going to be. Like, I'm just like, you know, just, I always know they're, you know, usually for the most part, useless, you know, they're always just kind of sort of like a fun little throw in. Um, this one was cool. Like I liked it. Granted, like I did not love Saw 4 like and beyond. Like, so that detective character, like I, I don't love him, but it was cool to see him back, you know, as sort of a fun little Easter egg for the fans. what do you think of it? Yeah. So I knew that he would probably show up because he calls him like twice during the movie and he calls him detective. And I knew that the only detective it could be was Hoffman. But I'm the same way. I don't like the Hoffman era of Saw. So it's kind of like I'm conflicted. It's like, uh, okay, it's cool to see him back because it's a returning character, but I don't really care all that much. What I did like is that he went after the final victim, which was in America. Uh, the guy who like, essentially grifted him, telling him that he got cured, uh, was never even sick. He just goes to support groups to find cancer patients. And we should mention they do this a lot. Like they've done this, I think they said it's like 34 or 38 times in the past so this is uh yeah they've been doing a long time and this guy was just the one basically getting the cancer patients to register this thing he goes to the cafe tells them he's cured and then yeah it's uh, yep. yeah so too bad we didn't get to see what the trap actually did it looked pretty cool had like these kind of gloves that were gonna eat up at his intestines and i don't know what mm -hmm. he had to do to get away from it <laughs> you know it would have been nice to get more context maybe they could yeah. open the next movie with that you <laughs> know 
just complete that scene or something. Yeah. We didn't even talk about like the eyeball sucking scene, like how the dude had to fucking break his fingers. Yeah. Like that was brutal. Oh, that was cringe. I was like, it, oh it was God, brutal, but it's also probably brutal. the easiest one in this movie. Uh yeah, probably. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Cause like, okay, like you're not at least you're not losing your fingers, right? Yeah. Like, break <laughs> break five fingers or cut your fucking leg off and right, stick a right. needle through it. You know, like, uh... Right. That's brutal. All right. Uh you wanna rate this sucker or you got anything else? Nope, that's all I had for, uh, for this movie. All right. All right, very good. Yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a good, a solid movie. I had a lot of fun with it. Is it going to make my top 10? I would say most likely, because honestly, this year hasn't been a great year for horror. I mean, we're going to get into it at the end of the year, but I don't have a lot. I, I don't think I have one, like, four and a half star movie, like, yet. Um, last year, I think I had a couple. So, at a three and a half. I, you know, leaving the theater, I was at a, a four on this one, but after thinking about it more and now discussing it with you, I'm going to knock it down to a three and a half out of five. I just think the beginning of the movie is so good, but once you get to the saw part, like I said, it definitely loses some points there. Still a really good movie. Still one, honestly, one of the best saw sequels for sure. So yeah, three and a half out of five for me. Yeah. And I'm just a little bit lower out of three and that's what I left the theater at as well. So it didn't, change my opinion in any way thinking more about it i just i really love the jigsaw stuff at the beginning i just wasn't digging kind of the second half of this movie i thought it could have been way better and they dropped the ball uh so definitely won't see it on my top 10 i actually have a pretty happy i'm pretty happy with my top 10 right now finally it took 77 films to get there but i'm pretty happy with it but like you said my I, my top two are 8.5s because i still put a great amount of 10 for for my top 10 uh, i don't have a nine which Every other year, I've had at least a nine once, you know, so I'm still waiting for that one amazing movie that's going to blow me away. Um, but still, I still think it's a pretty solid list right now. So, yeah, three. I think it's uh, you should, people should check it out. They're soft fans. Uh, mm -hmm. Just not don't expect too much, I guess. Fun fact, it was a trailer for Malibu Horror Story when I went and saw this. So. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I never saw anything about that movie gonna... until we had to like... Right. No, yeah. me either. But yeah, did you get any other trailers? Man, there was a trailer for a Spanish horror movie that looks fucking amazing. And I couldn't remember the name of it for the life of me now. But man, I was like, holy shit, like this looks awesome. I got to see if I can find it because I think it's probably VOD maybe somewhere at this point. Because I don't think usually they don't release foreign horror movies into theaters. Not often. You know, it's here very in America, rare. Yeah. Right. I, so I think I'm it could be like a limited release one. Yeah, I don't I, know, man. I, it looks really good. I had The Exorcist. I remember that. Um, yeah. There's something else that I was really into, but I don't remember what it is. You know, it's like I like forget after you know watching. And there was really some weird stuff that had nothing to do with horror. That we got same, yeah. I got like Aquaman. I, yeah, I got uh, Aquaman. Yeah. It's James Wan, right? So kind of <laughs> yeah, makes sense, yeah, yeah. I guess. And right. I also got Equalizer three, I think. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. I definitely got to a lot of non-horror ones as well. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we're gonna get a a nine this year. I really don't. Better, like, look, uh, <laughs> looking look. Like, Looking at the rest of the year, I, I don't foresee it, but maybe something indie or smaller will come out, like Candyland that surprised us earlier this year. Yeah. Maybe something like that will come out and surprise us. Because honestly, my I mean, we're doing Exodus next week. I mean, I hope it's going to be amazing, but David Gordon Green, right. uh, you know, I just, you know, after Halloween Kills and Ends, the trailer looks cool, but, you know, the trailers for all the Halloween movies looked really cool, too. So we shall see. Yeah. I can't wait to see Linda, Linda Blair, though, because I know she's making an she, appearance. She has and they, to, right? She has and, to. And, they, and they're keeping her hidden. I don't yeah. know why. 
but they're, they're I mean, they obviously re- did the mom in the trailers, but they're they're keeping Reagan for the, for the theater. So I'm excited to uh, finally to see her and what her sort of cameo will be in the movie. But all right, that is going to be it for this week's episode, guys. We hope you enjoyed our review of Saw X. Don't forget to stick around for our interview with the cast of Hocus Pocus immediately after my little spiel here. But next week, like I said, we're reviewing Exorcist the Believer, highly anticipated uh, movie for sure. We have a great schedule for October, by the way. So definitely, uh, if you want to keep, if you know, want to know our schedule, you can join us on our Discord. It is the absolute, of course, best way to keep up with the podcast. To get in the Discord, send us a DM through any of our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads, and we will get you a link to join that Discord. It is completely free. Or you can email us at any time, Podcast at gmail.com. I should also mention we have new merch available now for you Hocus Pocus lovers and fans out there. We did a very special Hocus Pocus themed artwork. Thank you to our resident artist. I'm calling our resident artist now because she's been doing all of our work for a while now. So thank you to her, uh, Michelle Garcia, for doing that for us. A really fun design with uh, the spell book with the O. One of the O's is the eye of the spell book. It's a really fun design. So you can get merch, tpublic.com. Just search a horror squad podcast and you will find our merch over on there it's also linked on our instagram as well but we got a bunch of designs halloween sleepaway camp that our uh good friend and fallen brother truck chuck designed monster squad design whole bunch of fun stuff so go over there and buy some merch we would appreciate it we don't get really much for it but just support the podcast um also i think that's it i don't think i really have much else don't forget about our events october 7th ari lima and october 28th Douglas Tate, Silver Moon Comics and Collectibles, whole bunch of details there. And you'll hear everything else about our very special Hocus Pocus event right now on the interview. So we'll see you guys next week for The Exorcist, Exorcist the Believer. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where today we are joined by some very special guests. You know them best for starring in a movie that has become a Halloween staple and cultural phenomenon. Please welcome actors Jason Marsden, Vanessa Shaw, Thor Birch, and also welcome back to the podcast for his second appearance, Omri Katz. Guys, thanks so much for joining uh, us today. How's everyone doing out there? Pretty so good. Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah for real. For real. Awesome. real. Awesome. Doing great. Uh, so uh, why don't we start right off with the big reason you're all on today, and that is we have a big event coming up in Salem on the weekend of October 20th. Whoever wants to take it away, let the fans and the listeners know what the what they're in for. We love each other so much. We've been traveling like the the United States doing appearances and we have such a blast and there were, and weirdly enough there was nothing scheduled in October and Omri had such a blast with you guys last year in Salem and we're like, well, "Let's go to Salem and we see if we can do it ourselves." So uh, we found a lot of great support in your community, including you guys uh, from the uh, the Horse Squad podcast and and a Creative Collective and uh, uh, Salem's Black Hat Society. So we're going to do a party at Bit Bar, in our, the, your local arcade bar, where we will all be there, all four of us, and like like to not just like on a not like on a a, a staircase looking down. Like we're going to be there. <laughs> Talking with everybody, taking a pro, taking photos with everybody if they want, and then um, then the next day we'll be set up in Salem Common doing meet and greet, signing autographs if people are interested in that, and or just saying hello. And we're we've been yeah we've been all, we've been working tirelessly on this, haven't we? 
uh, every week for the last couple of months. It's a lot of work, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, that the, yeah. the email threads are just uh, out of control. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, I can't keep up. Like, seven. Dude, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Ne next year, there will be a next year. Um, we definitely got to figure that one out. Yeah, I've, I'm already lost with the, the email chain. So like, no. and I'm just like, I'm just going to text this to you because I don't know which email to send this <laughs> bit of information to. <laughs> We're all it's, just it, a little too excited. It's great. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, people I don't think realize that, like you're saying, they're not going to be on a balcony looking at us, you know, performing or something. Like we're going to be toasting drinks, dancing the night away. High-fiving. High-fiving. You You'll know, be able to like, smell us. We'll be so close. Yep. And absolutely. It's been, and it's literally been 30 years right down to the day for me and Thora. So, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Good one, Vinny. That's <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> now, uh, Aubrey, obviously you came back to Salem last year for the first time since filming, but Vanessa and Thora, uh, I believe this will be your first time back in Salem. So is there anything you're looking forward to while you're here? I'm just, well, I'm definitely excited to see the, 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 the crowds and, the, but you know, the, some of the old uh, sets, you know, we weren't there that long, but the, the ones that we were there for were quite memorable. So to, looking forward to being there at the best time of year to be there. Um, and just, yeah, a little trip down memory lane, but then also to see how, how the place has evolved, you know, and, 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 and what it looks like now. I think it'll be, I think it will be exciting. And I think it will be a lot of fun. I think that the beauty of Salem is that it hasn't changed. Like, cause going back there is like walking into a time capsule and it's uh, yeah, it's just old and, dingy in the best kind of way like all the old architecture and um yeah it's just uh I loved it going back it really like feels like it just hasn't changed one bit there's no room to put anything it's such a modest cute little town I don't know what and I'm glad that it's not like most cities like I live in Nashville and they're just tearing down these old buildings which makes me so sad to to, to make bigger things but it seems like your community embraces the history and tries to preserve it as long as possible that's what that's what i dug about it yeah aren't you guys also like uh, a whole really... town and a historical town like it's it's historical way yeah you guys also like in salem you guys you know have pushed out any uh big like corporate type of entities that want to come in and build their mega malls and their nice. whatever and you're like stay clear you know want to keep it ma and pa yeah. and authentic and beautiful and I think that's the charm of the town too. And that's probably why it draws so many people annually, especially during the, the witchy season. I yeah, heard absolutely. Spirit Halloween put in a bid to buy the city and the city was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. That's, we do have a couple of spirits in town, but uh, no, it's, it's very quaint New England. Like it's like the definition sort of, of that quaint New England town. And I think that's definitely why a lot of people, gravitate towards it but also something you guys did 30 years ago i think is a huge part of why they still decide to come back every year so armor you, you came last year do you have a favorite memory from last year hanging out with you guys come on all right <laughs> all right no but that's um, the right answer <laughs> it is the right answer no honestly like um yeah i would say that was definitely the yeah. highlight you know you guys obviously were amazing hosts and just like it was great you know we went up to dinner and got beers and you know visited all the landmarks even watched uh you know we got to watch the movie 
and you know just the panel was great like everything was just a blast i mean you can ask Vinny and jason they were like i was like dude guys next year we got to do this <laughs> and they're like all right all right okay let's talk about it and um yeah unfortunately yeah. we got a little bit of a late start but um we're making it work i'm excited i'm excited he definitely put the spell on us. Uh, <laughs> now we're, we're his um, in this, <laughs> in this iteration of it. And I, I feel very, um, you know, just fortunate that people, that these locations are so beloved by people within Salem and, and outside of Salem. And it's, it's, it's truly remarkable because I think Thora and I were there the least amount of time. I think Omri spent more time there and the fact that we only had like maybe a few days of, of shooting there and have not been back is is kind of crazy and if it is like you said pretty much preserved since back then then like I'm really excited to retrace our footsteps um to see it all again and um I just hear from all the fans you know when we go to these fan conventions just like I got engaged in front of your house like we got married there and like, or, you know, we, we, we loved the graveyard. We reenacted it. It was, even though it was far, you know, it took a long time for us to get there. Like we didn't know where it was, you know, it's just really uh, like people want to stand in our shoes and relive it. And now we get to do it. So it's kind of fun. Weren't you guys going to actually like redo one of the scenes on the, is it on the common where you give him your number? Oh, I would love to reenact that. Oh, I don't know. I thought we were going to blow up the blow up the top of the house, the Denison house. I thought, no, no, I thought that, that don't give away all the secrets. We didn't, call, we didn't call the Chamber of Commerce and they get that permitted. <laughs> I got yeah, we got the pyrotechnics permit. Uh, should be handed to us next yes. next week. And then me screaming at the top of my lungs, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if the owners of the house will appreciate that but I'm sure everyone else would. Um but you're totally right. Uh these filming locations have not changed like at all since uh you guys filmed it 30 years ago. So I think you're kind of going to be shell-shocked when you see it. I'm sure Omri was a bit when he saw them last year. But yeah, we got to get you a bike Omri then for the uh the common scene if we're going to recreate that we gotta we gotta find a replica if we can but uh Almars, you came into filming later on of course and you unfortunately were not able to experience salem but i know you did attend salem horror fest uh, a few years back our good friends at salem horror fest do you have any you know fond memories of that trip or did you visit any of the locations while you were there no man i walked around your city and it was it was raining a lot but i didn't care it almost added to the the vibe um but i walked up and down all the alleys uh i i followed a couple of ghost tours um sadly and i hope this has changed a lot of the cemeteries in town were closed off because people were being knuckleheads and knocking them over vandalizing so i didn't get like an up close pers personal look uh but uh uh everyone was super nice i'm from rhode island originally so i'm like everyone it almost feels familiar and then i, I found a, a great your, your local burlesque scene is insane i mean just amazing talented human beings that I, I saw a show at the bottom of this restaurant in like a sort of like in the round standing uh, standing room only area and it was uh, it was fantastic i i'm very much for looking forward to coming back that was the awesome. selling point for me. That was like, you know, I was on the fence about it. And then I heard, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, throw up boobs and butts. It's gonna be <laughs> butts. 
<laughs> naked ladies. I'll be there. That's Partially it. naked ladies. What do you say? Want to come on? Sold. Now, uh, as you guys look back on something special you created almost 30 years ago, you know, how does it feel to kind of return to sort of the the place where it sort of all started, put on this this amazing event and bringing you all back together for the first time in Salem after all this time? Well, since uh, I haven't been back since, and, and I'm, I'm equally as shocked as, as Vanessa is that we haven't been, uh, largely because of, of the amount of times we've been asked about from people that from there or have also visited if we have been there. So, um, And now to hear that it actually hasn't changed that much, which, which my thought would have been like, oh, it probably has a little bit. I'm now excited to see, you know, I imagine no matter what, the experience of just physically being there and, and seeing the old locations will be surreal no matter what. But I, I imagine also that it will be less odd just to be enjoying it with residents and visitors to the city at this very special time of the year. So I think just the atmosphere will really be, um, you know, kind of a kind of a buzzkill. Well, hopefully we don't get mobbed. Well, Omri's <laughs> showing up. So, I mean, how could it be anything other than that? No, I'm kidding. I That's love you, bro. I, um... I do recall last year when we were just walking around and I don't think I've ever been recognized more in like a short period of time than my entire life. Seriously. It's like, Oh my God, Max. Oh my God. And I was just like, am I really recognizable? I mean, hey, I Hollywood. Been... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a few of those too. I was just like, all right, cool. No, everybody was super kind and respectful. Um, Saw a lot of uh, the trio sisters walking around. It's a bunch of those. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, it's cool. I can't wait to do it with you guys. I think this is going to be super fun. Yeah, I'm excited to do it, you know, with you <laughs> from the Horror Squad podcast, as well as, like, all the other locals we have involved, um, as Jason was mentioning, because, you know you are all fans as well as like people who are huge staples within the Salem community. So it's like, I just feel honored that you are taking to this and that everyone involved is taking to this and um, working just as hard. We are all just working hard together to make this happen. And oh yeah, and I forgot to mention the local art, like the local artists and the, and just, just the local yeah. art. And that scene will be, that'll be a lot of fun to see because a lot of people love to sort of, contribute their own um, visual stamp on on their experience in, the, in that in that town and why they're there and everything so I'm excited to see see some of that some of the homemade artwork yeah and also we you know we're pretty down-to-earth people I know we're in a big Hollywood movie you all like but you know it's we just want to be with the locals and see what it's all about and you know again we keep hearing from the fans like how it's not only Halloween now, but like throughout the year, Salem is popping off. So, you know, we just, we feel like we want to celebrate this with everyone who's there and, and not just become the, come, you know, be these like big city folk coming in and doing something on our own. Like we really were excited to work with everyone and, and see. I imagine it's more like awesome. a homecoming. Yeah. Kind of like a homecoming. Yeah. Long overdue. Yeah. Yes. I my that, picture taken with Bora. And as many times yeah. as possible, that's, <laughs> that's your local celebrity. Yes. Right? Yes. 
Yeah, Bora, of course. Bora. The the local our local resident witch. She's she's very beloved in the whole community. That but talking about local Salem business is actually a, a, the perfect segue into my next question. And that's you know, you seem to have really embraced Salem and its local businesses while putting this event on. Um, you know, you have Witch Picks is going to be doing the pro photo ops at the Bitbar party. You chose Bitbar as the sort of host place to put it, a local bar arcade. You also got a local drag performer, Ms. Diamond Wigfell, to be the mistress, mistress of ceremonies for the party and countless other Salem businesses that I could name, but I'd probably be here all day. So, you know, what made, I guess, what made you guys choose to decide to, you know, bring in these local Salem businesses to work with rather than, you know, you could have went the corporate entity route but you decided to keep it local and support local businesses. I just wanted to know what made you uh, decide to go that route. Well, like if you're going to throw a party and someone's going to let you use their house, you want to utilize the stuff that they know in the, in their neighborhood and their community that they know who, 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 we would ruin it. If we brought in like, you know, uh, people from, uh, from our, our network, uh, we want the authentic, we the authentic Salem. I think we also, we also, I remember us discussing earlier on, you know, conceptually also largely we're celebrating the city, you know, as much as our experience is there. We really sell it because it was a character in and of itself. And it is a city above and beyond. However, it's featured in films. It has a long standing history from the earliest days of our country. I mean, it's an amazing place. And so to not feature the local talent who, you know, are just as much a part of the spirit of the season as anything else that is like of, of course we would go that route and you know we're <laughs> we might work for corporations from time to time but we're we're pretty anti-corporate over here <laughs> especially yeah. in this this current especially it's, it's not the season to ask for corporate favors right now all right <laughs> you know it, it just goes to show like the authenticity and that it's really coming from us you know from our heart as a thank you and um you know, what better way to represent, you know, uh, a city like we, we couldn't do this in Boston, let's say it just wouldn't feel right. You know, it's like, right. it just doesn't make sense. And, um, you know, just, yeah, being able to keep it local and just like, it's kind of like, it's like a group effort. It's, it just wouldn't feel right to start bringing in outside anything. So yeah, um, that, that's excellent to you. It wouldn't yeah. work. Wouldn't yeah. Work. Well, we, well, as a Salemite, as they call us here, we definitely appreciate you helping all of the local businesses out. I, it helps them immensely. One organization I did want to mention in particular is someone you've decided to donate a portion of your proceeds to, and that is Nagley. What made you decide uh, to decide on donating to that particular organization here in uh, Salem? I mean, we're we're all big yeah. fans and supporters of the LGBTQ community. I actually wasn't aware of it until we were talking about it in our meetings, and uh, and we're like, it, well, shoot, let's see what that's all about. And looked on the website, and it's a fantastic sanctuary and resource for LGBTQ youth. Um, uh, you know, Thor mentioned, you know, like yeah. wanting to have a you know a drag performer. You know, drag you know drag performers have really embraced. This particular movie, especially, so it was another great way to celebrate them and to and to give back. You know, we're we're gonna be people are gonna be giving us so much. We wanted to give something back. We thought Nagley would be the perfect. The community, perfect that space. community has always been a big supporter of 
of our work and we just wanted to return the favor in kind so especially especially yeah. you especially yeah, especially. <laughs> you know obviously they're they're dealing with more than we could ever imagine ever in this current climate too as well so we're just really want to um honor them and give back to you know nagley which is beloved by salem you know so that just seemed right all right. Excellent. Yeah. And I know they're going to be really excited planning a trip to Nagley at, at some point during this trip. And I know they're going to be so excited to uh, meet all of you. Now, uh, one last question uh, I have for you guys is, and Omri sort of kind of already answered this, but I, I'll ask anyway. You know, I keep hearing and seeing over social media after we announced this event is, no, why this year? Please come back next year. Please come back next year. You know, do you think this is something we could make into an annual event here in Salem? I think it is the perfect location, obviously, to do it. So I just I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether you think this could be something we could uh, do every year. I feel like I definitely think we're going to be doing this every year. You know, obviously uh, permitted that, uh, you know, we're allowed to or we can figure all the logistics out. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's such a great idea to celebrate this movie. I mean, look how much it's grown over years. It kind of went in and out. And now it's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, created this presence within your town. So why not honor that and kind of represent and like, let's just have a good old time. Like, you know, at the end of the day, um, yeah, we're not robots or these elitist um, city folk. We're just, I mean, you'll have to kick us out. Have a you good know? time, I mean, really, you know? It, 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 all depends <laughs> on, it, it all depends on the, on, on the fans and the city. It's, it's, it's a mutual relationship, um, you know, in this, this family of, of Salem and, and, and the spirit of Halloween. Uh, so, I, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we'll keep coming if you keep having us. Our, our intention was like we started with multiple things that were in the works. And because of timing and, and scheduling, it, we had to decide, like, what to focus on. So uh, it, it, the, the party at Bit Bar and the, the meet and greet at Salem Common. But, but we have plans and excitement for next year. Uh, and, and, and we will keep it uh, just this core group. There will be no... There'll be no, uh, you know, oh, Uncle Studios coming in to uh, to take it. It'll be us for the fans because we, again, we appreciate it. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for for you guys. Yeah. yeah and- Our moms and dads are not invited. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my dad could make that trip. Anyway. <laughs> well, but, she didn't um, meet the literal moms and dads. No, she- I, yeah, I, yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think that is about it, guys. We are so... Uh, extremely excited to have you back in Salem for this event. It is going to be absolutely amazing. The response has already been amazing. The fans are so excited to meet you all. I know it is going to be an extremely successful event just based on just having Omri last year. It was the fans went crazy for him. And now that we're going to have all four of you together, I know you, you know, you might have some people fainting, honestly. Yeah, I could see it happening. <laughs> the fans are just so passionate, especially here in Salem. Yeah. So uh, if they wanted yeah. to go, hey, Joe, yes. if they wanted to be part of this, yes. where should we send them? All right. So um, you can head to it's just a bunch of Halloween.com. 
for tickets. There's tickets for the BitBar party, which is on Friday, October 20th. That is going to be an amazing party. Pro photo ups. Someone else take it away. I'm not, they don't want to hear me. It's just a bunch of, make sure it's uh, not of. Bunch it's of. just a uh, bunch yes. of Halloween, all one uh. word. And it's got frequently asked questions. We'll answer all your questions, but it's, it links to uh, the BitBar party. The ticket will include the entertainment. It'll include some food by BitBar, um, some non-alcoholic drinks. It'll include a pro photo op with the four of us by Witch Picks. And, uh, and we're also working on a fun uh, swag bag uh, featuring some uh, gifts from local artists to uh, to hand out at the end. And then what's going to happen at Salem Common? Anybody? Vinny? Uh, Saturday, we're going to be at Salem Common from 12 to 7, saying hello to you all. I know that's a very festive time of the year in the Common. So, and it's a, um, again, an anniversary between me and Omri of a time where we were there 30 years ago. And if um, maybe we will reenact it at some point that day. Um, <laughs> But also Ooh. just want to mention at, at BitBar, um, there's going to be something else that's fun besides a swag bag. And we're going to do a fun raffle. That's just right. That's right. Although you may get some fun paraphernalia of your favorite movie we can't name. Mm-hmm. From some really, up. really gen- very generous companies. And, and you know, make sure that, uh, you know, tickets are limited. So if you're interested and you're going to be in town, like, just make sure you get that situated because the last thing you want to do is miss out on this. Yeah, don't wait a whole Absolutely. year. Absolutely. I will say. Year, don't wait last minute. <laughs> the par- especially the party at BitBar because literally I think it's the last party that's not sold out because we announced it so late. Every other party in town is sold out. So you got to come to the party at BitBar. How, I mean, a, a photo op with the entire cast, that is a rare thing. So you definitely want to come out to the party at BitBar. Once again, it's just a bunch of Halloween.com. You might know, might sound familiar from, you know, something that a movie that came out a, a few years back, but uh, it's just a bunch of Halloween.com. That's where you can get tickets for everything. You do not want to miss this event. It is going to be truly special. And I think that's it, guys. So thank you so much, all four of you, for joining us today. First time, I think, ever we've had four guests on at once. So you guys made history today on the podcast as well. Uh, We appreciate you all so much for coming on. Before we let you go, do you want to uh, promote any of your socials, Uh, you know, where people can follow you for any updates? I'm at Vanessa Official. So it's just my name, V-I-N-E-S-S-A Official. Um, on Instagram. I don't have any of the other fun stuff. So that's just me. I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what any of that is, but it sounds like something I should look into. <laughs> You're fine. No, it's a deep, dark hole, Thora. Yeah. We'll tell you. Have, we'll tell you about it. I don't it. have the TikTok, like my grandmother would say. The, <laughs> the TikTok. <laughs> Are you on the Facebook? Or the ground. <laughs> exactly. You've got it. So funny. Um, yeah. So that's me. Cool. I'm uh, at Jason Marsden on the Instagram. I'm on the TikTok, Jason Marsden official. Uh, and uh, and you can contact me there if you want. Oms. Uh, I am. Uh, my handle is Dankster Oms. That's with a D. Um, it's dankster underscore OMZ. Um, you can follow me there. You can get updates of uh, upcoming events and everything. And uh, yeah, I'm not uh, super big on posting, but you know, if you're curious about what's going on with me, 
you might uh, get some updates. So he's and working out. He's doing great. Working. I'm getting better. Getting better at it. Coming out of my, uh, coming out from under the uh, the rock I've been living under. So. Laura, <laughs> do you? Ex Laura, do you have? No, not right now. No, I really don't. I, I'm. I, I just. I don't know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's. What is it? It's changed. What is it? What is this? <laughs> It's a, it's a bizarre world, that's for sure. Well, just just so everyone knows, you can find out more about this um, event on the 21st, wait, 20th and 21st of October um, on any of our socials. So mine yes. is Lincoln Bio. I hate doing that, but this seems like a good time to use it. Yes, Indeed. absolutely. absolutely. So head to any of their socials if you have trouble finding the website because they have it right on there as well. You can also scan a QR code as well right on the flyer. It'll take you right over the website for tickets to everything. Like we said, definitely buy in advance. We do expect a lot of this to pre-sell out. So you do not want to be left out in the cold. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And we will talk to you all very soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Squad. See you soon. <laughs>